everybody, and welcome to podcast 26 of The Real Estate Show. I'm Cherie Selly, and with me is the beautiful fly fisher woman herself, the agent extraordinaire, Judy Steenland. I'm so I, happy I still, to have you I back. still have to laugh because I never thought no. that fly fisher woman would be anywhere associated with this name. <laughs> it just doesn't fit with the Dallas luxury brand, but yes, in a way it does, Judy. Okay, I, I receive it. Because <laughs> you are a beautiful fly fisher woman. Well, thank you. And uh, you can catch the rainbow trout. That's been established. So, Well, I will say that I wasn't the most graceful fly fisher woman this past weekend Uh-oh. when I took a face plant in the cold river and we'll save that for another time not but in your waders in the waders oh people yes that's tough the water is getting very cold right it now. is yes it is very cold so anyways uh, that's right. another time let's talk about real estate let's do it <laughs> and um again as we film this we're waiting for the october stats to come out so it'll be interesting to see where that average price is if it goes back over 500 or if it's just slightly under where we've been for a while. Um, but I would say um, the market is still moving. It's a little bit different. The We talked about it in the last podcast. The iBuyer has pulled out of the market temporarily. So that's interesting. It, um, it means that we're not competing with iBuyers or these bizarre pricing things that are happening because of iBuyers listing the properties and then having to do huge drops that you had such a good story about that. So if people didn't listen to the last podcast, I think it's a very relevant one if you want to know how the iBuyer game practically was played out here very recently before the moratorium hit. Um, But what um, I think today's discussion, I mean, frankly, I've... uh, I'm a little bit nostalgic. I don't know. I think fall does that to my heart. And when I connect with my my former clients and um, recently have been asking some of my clients to uh, give a Google review because we're building that platform and right. in connecting with one of them, I, I just, I was blown away by his story because um, he was the nicest buyer and it was in the heat of the competing offers. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally the, the street was lined up with buyers and um, he couldn't even believe it. So he was like, he just, he almost thought they were staged because he had right. never seen anything like it. And so when I was in the house, I actually locked the door so people wouldn't, and because of COVID too, you don't want to have overlapping showings, but people still try to get in. So right. I remember locking the door and I had an offer three quarters of the way done. I just had to fill in a few more things and sent it off right there in the house with him. And I remember just writing a note to the agent, not not a love letter, because you can't do that for the buyer. Right. But a note to the the agent talking about, we want to stop the madness and we're going to honor, you know, basically what, what will, what will it take to stop the madness with the showings and with the seller? What can we do? And we actually got an answer about that. So we wrote the offer. Well, the story doesn't end there because the client got the house, even in the midst of all these competing offers, it was great news for, for my buyer um, who happened to be a single dad and, uh, so that part of his story wasn't known to the seller until they were facing each other at closing and talking. Mm-hmm. And the seller, uh, he was like, oh, by the way, you need to see my daughter. 
She's beautiful. <laughs> and she loves children. And he was like, oh, really? Is that true? And right there at the table, not only did a real estate transaction happen, but a dating life started <laughs> between my client and the seller's daughter. And how beautiful of a story. Like, that's the thing in real estate that keeps us going is that real estate is so much more than a house, but it's the connections that are made. It's the stories you you have. I mean, we both carry years and years of these stories in our hearts, right? Yeah, it's great because it's the connections and the relationships. And it may be 10, 15 years later, and you get this random text from this person that you, you know, you haven't talked to in a very long time, and they tell you or share something about their life. And you're like, Wait, that makes me feel really old, first of all, <laughs> that I am getting texts from, you know, clients that were 15 years prior, but, or that their son or daughter's getting married or somebody, yes. yeah, you know, just, or they're getting married or like that. Here in Colorado, it's different in some states where the closings are separated and you never see each other, but that's so awesome. That's one of the, I think the beauties of the transaction is when everybody meets and it's a celebration it because- is we're all working towards the same goal. And that's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's not that way every closing, but it really, that's what we strive to bring. Right. If it's within our control to do that. Right. Well, and the relationship with our clients, but it's also a relationship with us and the other agent, Mm -hmm. building trust with agents in our own community Uh, that we have to work with and we'll work with again. And, um, I, I've met so many agents that, I mean, when I see them on the other side of a transaction, I'm like, yes, that's a great agent. We know it's going to be drama-free, and we know it's going to be very smooth because they're going to take care of their business, and we're going to take care of ours. So to, and even in a market where you have locally 5,000 agents or so, yeah, there's only a few hundred that are actually producing. Right. So you really do kind of circle around with sometimes the same people, mm-hmm. and you learn very quickly who you can trust or who you can't trust right and truthfully that makes a big difference in the communication it makes a big difference in if there are competing offers if you've had a great experience versus not so great an experience with communication with another agent um that information the the your client finds that out you know through Mm -hmm. through um vetting offers right so an agent does matter very much so and then, um, but I, I think we work with so many good ones. We it's, do. I'm we do. so grateful for that, for this market. And um, I'm so grateful that iBuyer hasn't taken away our right to represent people. Yeah, I, I think that iBuyers, uh, you know, well, we talked about, you know, one of the major ones pulling out of this market. Um, there's still going to be the the small handful that um, will be around. But I think that as the, mark, or the, the homeowners and the clients in the marketplace are educated about what it really means and what they're leaving on the table, mm-hmm. I think that um, we'll see even less. I do too, yeah. honestly. And, you know, but some of the changes that are in real estate to stay since COVID, it just seems like universally one of the things that was the most important thing for a residential home during COVID, the home office. Yes, agree. And it that isn't going to go away. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, there was an article in Realtor Magazine that just came out and it talked about the fact that, you know, companies are having to compete now with the hardest thing that they could ever compete with, which is 
the living room. Right. The comfort of home. Yes. Yeah. With with their employees' living room. Right. And so they've been working out of the home for so long that, you know, companies have to get on the bandwagon. You got to bring home to work now. Yeah. It's not the other way around. Right. And that's interesting. It's been a real shift. It has been a shift. And even with showing clients and looking, you know, a, a lot of the homes built prior to 2000 still had formal living rooms or formal dining rooms. And we don't see that so much in some of the newer plans. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like what space, like getting creative, what space is going to be the home office? That was just a non-negotiable. Yes. And that it was a requirement. And so having to be, uh, you know, creative and yeah, like you said, we are hearing more and more companies having a hard time getting people back into the office. So they just need to think of their business as, how can I create the comfort of home? Yeah. And that's going to I probably really help them get the people back. And if they can't, um, I think that the people still are searching for that sense. Even if they are back in a company, they are still going to be working at home sometimes. Yeah. And well, so, you can't work in your underwear at the office. No, well, well uh, let's hope not. Well, it depends on where you're working, I guess. Right. right. But <laughs> I guess if you could do that 50-50, that's okay. It's true. <laughs> so um, bringing a, that sense of home to the office environment and having the home office, it's even important, believe it or not, in uh, the fact that vacation rentals, I mean, these, these like, um, Airbnb and some of these other companies are having record years right now. And they still are. Right. And guess what? Having a dedicated office for business travelers, the people that can work from home that want to travel, that's huge. So we're actually in our Costa Rica house. We took um, a loft space that was just like a little home theater room. And it's going to be a dedicated like podcast office workspace mm-hmm. as well as a little TV area. But I think it's it's going to increase the rental value. I think so, too. And um, I remember in the height of COVID, um, people having a hard time just finding, especially here in Colorado Springs, finding a VRBO because so many people, if they were going to work from home, they wanted to do it from someplace that was beautiful, mm-hmm. that they had um, options to be outdoors and in nature. And so, I mean, it was hard for people to even find a, a VRBO. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So that's still a golden investment, people, yeah. by the way. Yeah. We do have experience in that area. Yeah. And Colorado Springs is a great location for an investment like that because mm-hmm. we're, you can be skiing in two and a half hours. You can be fly fishing in 30 minutes. You can hike in your backyard. It's there's so trails and there's open spaces. So, um, yeah, it's a great option. And certainly there are requirements. That, um, I think as more and more people were trying to buy properties, there are some certain requirements that the county has. But we can help people navigate that. That's right. That's why you need a trusted agent because there are so many uh, loopholes now, and not loopholes, that's the wrong word, but yeah. there are stipulations that can prevent people from just buying anything and thinking it well, could be an Airbnb. Yes, and for the sake of the homeowners in the community, they're re- restricting how many um, VRBOs can be you know, within a certain radius of one another. But there are still so much opportunity here for those type of investments, and they're not going away. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. That and yeah. the midterm rental. So month to month or six month uh, rentals. So I have a, a group of listings in the Northgate area. 
And I can't believe how many people have been looking at those for the purpose of a rental, a rental income and people from all over the country, you know, wanting to pour their money in here. So I think that's really a sign of the time. Yeah. So um, there's so much more we could cover. I mean, it's so fun to do this with you, Judy. And thank you so much for bringing your expertise here. Well, thanks for inviting me to along for the ride. (laughs) Absolutely. And thanks everybody for tuning in and please catch us next time. So thank you. And we'll catch you then. See you.